your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This one's a little bit unique because we're driving down the road right now, so if you hear weird noises or whatever, that is what's going on with that. So the question here is from Jessica, and she's asking if there is any advice on starting a horse with spurs. She says, I've been thinking about it for a while, watched Carson's videos about which ones to use, Now I'm just wondering how you go about introducing them. Um, I've got a 21-year-old Arab who's pretty receptive to new things. Alrighty, so uh, generally when when I introduce a horse to spurs, I just get on them and I just start riding them around. And I don't really ask them to do anything that that would require like a mash of a leg or a kick per se or if I do I just kind of do it and only ask them for like 10% of what they're actually capable of then I might for example you know I might side pass one but instead of trying to get him to side pass where he goes you know let's say five feet in a 10 second period I'll really break it down and release in between steps, and I'll give him a good 30 seconds to make it five feet for this first time with a spur. And then the second time, you know, I'll kind of go, you know, ask him to do it a little bit better and a little bit quicker. So you basically just don't be don't be very demanding with it. Uh, and always kind of keep in mind that you spurs can kind of work the same way as a bit to where like or the same way as going to a bigger bit to where it will amplify what is already there inside the horse it will amplify the good and it will amplify the bad so like for a good example of that would be uh like the worst thing that you could do is take like a really blown up barrel horse and put a big spur on him and put a big bit on him and then make an attempt to bring in and harness and control and put a cap on so to speak all of that excess energy and you know inward mental torment and lack of confidence that horse is in and you're just trying to contain that versus doing the right thing, which is find a way to let it all kind of melt out of him, uh, which like the redirecting exercise is a good example of something along that kind of thinking. So, uh, you know, also you want to make sure that your horse is real normal before putting spurs on him, like... Like, if you have a horse that maybe has a tendency to buck a little bit when you ask him to go from a trot to a lope, and you, like, if you ask him to do it kind of quickly, and he 
humps up or crow hops or something more than likely doing that repeating that same attempt with a spur on will make him crow hop a little bigger or be more apt to do it but if you have a horse that you know that's he doesn't do that then so basically make sure that your horse is just good all around in general before you say hey handle this excess added pressure uh and next to that about the only other thing you might want to piddle with for five or ten minutes before just striking out and uh kind of pretending like he's had him his whole life would be uh you might get on him and put a little bend in his neck let's just say bend to the left uh so you get it right when you get on you just get him walking you know like these little six seven foot circles with you know at least at least nine or nine to twelve inches of bend where he has got his neck bent a little bit help him stay soft and relaxed or whatever uh and then you can kind of start to just sort of pet him a little bit with the rowels with your using your heels and after you know after about five to ten minutes of walking little circles at this point you should be able to actually you know kind of press a spur rowel on him just a little bit and roll it uh, on his rib cage there with not much but you know just a little bit of pressure where he can feel it and know it's there and realize you know it's no big deal or whatever uh so circling them seems to work really good for that uh, a lot of times when i introduce a horse to a rope like a catch rope for cattle i'll do that same kind of deal it just seems to work good and the reason i like to put them in circles either direction but we'll just keep saying to the left for clarity uh, the reason I'd like to put him in a left circle with a little bit of bend, well, the bend helps him not brace, which helps his mind stay relaxed. Uh, and then giving him a little task to do, like those circles, it'll kind of get it to where he's got some of his focus on the circle. So it kind of helps him not get to thinking too much about the rope when I start to rock it and then a few laps later I start swinging it one swing and then trying to take it away before he gets bothered by it and then you know just about every horse after after about 20 or 30 circles you can pretty much have a real big loop and swing it you know just about as much as you want still trying to take it away before he gets upset but it usually doing it like that it uh it doesn't take long at all until you can just swing it and throw it off of them indefinitely and they never get bothered by it so i would say also you know kind of try to read him if he's if he gets bothered at a point once you kind of know what that point is when you're introducing it try to kind of get off of it a little bit before he gets bothered by it and then you can come back in and then take it away and then you kind of you kind of use some timing like that and same as the rope before no time at all he should be to where you can you know keep you know press it on him or roll it on him or whatever uh, pretty indefinitely and he never gets bothered 
also remember a thing about spurs and we're just kind of getting off a rabbit trail now that basically covers the introduction of a spur but uh oh one last thing about the introduction remember if a horse is right in his mind introducing a new thing to a horse will not be a big deal at all uh if he's not right in his mind you might after trying be like man why was that so dramatic uh he really overreacted to that well, a lot of that can be just because he ain't quite right in his head uh you know mentally he's not confident enough and stuff but introduction to new things shouldn't be much of a daunting task and it shouldn't take you know very long at all figure two or three 30 minute sessions and they should be pretty much okay with it and whether it's a you know that could be a like cracking a whip a gun a rope around their legs but remember that also has a lot to do with the approach you use as to whether they get used to it real quick or you end up saying man i've been trying to get him over this for a month and he's still more spooky now than when we started well that's that's because the approach is off from the humans so there's that to consider too uh but a couple, a couple of random things about Spurs that seem to uh, seem to be pretty accurate. And this was, this is just like a little saying. This is just like a little saying I made up not long ago. But it's, it seems to fit. And the saying, the saying goes: By the time your horse is ready for Spurs, you should probably realize that you don't necessarily need them and basically what that means is is a lot of the times when people go to spurs it's because the horse is heavy to their leg and they're trying to fix that but generally speaking here's the here's the catch-22 of that if if the rider was able to create a horse that was dull to the leg and or not able to lighten a horse to a bare leg aid without a spur well then yes when that rider puts a spur on for a time the horse will feel like he's more responsive and sensitive to the leg but if you don't use the spur in the same way you would use the leg to fix the dullness the raw leg to fix the dullness then at some point generally pretty quickly the horse will start to feel pretty dull to the spur as well people do that a lot with bits too well he's gotten heavy in this bit so now let me go to a bigger one now you know that happened again so now i'll go to even a bigger bit and the reason the horse has gotten heavy is because the timing or the follow-up with the heavier pressure because he wasn't being light was not there so, uh, and, you know, you'll see tons of examples of that in the virtual clinic on the Buckaroo Crew. And, uh, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, the Buckaroo Crew is an online uh, website to where we have all these different videos about horsey-related activities. Uh, and that's on buckaroocrew.com. But you can go on there and see a lot of examples of, you know, how to get a horse more responsive to a flag um, the seat, the rein, the leg, the spur, whatever it may be. 
Uh, a deal I started experimenting with about three or four years ago, and it has really worked well for me, is uh, I would put more emphasis, I started putting more emphasis in trying to get that horse to where he was featherlight touch to a leg. So what I used to would do back in the day is if he would hang on my calf, you know, tapping him or pressing on him, then I would roll the spur and, you know, then I would roll it a little harder if I didn't get the response that uh, I was looking for. And then when he would give the response with some effort, I would ease off and there we go. So they were fine. You know, they would go around and they would be, you know, pretty good to a leg. But it wasn't until I stopped riding with spurs most of the time, just for the purpose of my own self-improvement, that they truly started getting really good and light to a simple leg aid, just like meaning just simply the calf touching them or the heel barely reaching for their ribs or whatever. And what I would do is... I would give that one ounce cue with my calf or my heel and then when it wouldn't really when that kind of didn't get me a response instead of going to the spur because I didn't have one I would use I would have the end of my rein kind of ready and I would already have it kind of elevated and then I would just come down and like tap them on their hip or in other words I would spank them but I mean not like not hard but enough to get them to say oh man the next time that heel touches me I better kind of wake up and move something somewhere so after riding around like that for just a couple weeks uh, my horses got way way better to the leg they got to where I could just barely reach with my heel and before I could even contact them they would already be going into whatever the maneuver was. And the reason I wanted to experiment with that is because we all know, for example, like, you know, when you first get on a horse for the first ride, the way you get them to go from a walk to a trot or whatever is you kind of smooch and spank your leg. And then if that doesn't do it, you come back and you spank them on their hip or their butt. Because it's a very natural instinct for a horse to move forward if he's spanked on his butt. Uh, What is more unnatural and what kind of has to be a taut response is for them to go forward when you squeeze with a leg. Uh, Technically, if a horse is yielding to pressure, when you squeeze with your heels, he would jump straight up off of the ground. So that kind of has to be transferred and messed with a little bit and teach that but any horse if you get on him and you start spanking him he's either gonna he's either gonna buck or he's gonna go faster so in other words what i'm saying is is uh, i kind of wanted to experiment with the fact that it's a lot more natural for a horse to come alive and alert and responsive with a spank much more so than a steady, consistent roll or pressure of a spur. So I started doing that for a while and have had 
extremely good success with that. So that's when I, that's where I come up with the saying, by the time you and your horse get to where you're ready to use spurs, you maybe shouldn't feel like you need them anymore. Because uh, remember, if the timing is not there and the follow-up, if the horse lugs or is not responsive to the spur, if that is not implemented, well then in no time at all he's going to be dull to the spur just like he is to the leg okay so sorry got off on a rabbit trail i was just sharing some random thoughts around spurs and things but uh i hope that helps you guys out and uh i would encourage everybody to experiment with that uh use you know if if you have long reins like split reins you can use that and give the light cue with the leg and have the rain ready to where if the response doesn't happen, you can kind of instantly come in there and, you know, start off real gentle, obviously, and use the, use like a, a spanking or, a, you know, not a hard, but use like a spanking motion to condition them to respond lightly to the leg. Because for me personally, it was, uh, it worked really, really well. All right, uh, hope that helps you guys out and gives you some stuff to think on and experiment with and hopefully have some, have some good results with, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real, simple, horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends.